Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman Podcast. I'm Bailiff Jesse Thorne. This week, Case the Rainbow. Dave brings the case against his niece, Morgan. When Morgan was about five years old, she stole Dave's special collection of red Skittles. Then she ate them. Even now, after 24 years, Dave is still mad. He demands restitution. Morgan says she was just a kid. Who's right, who's wrong, only one can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom and presents an obscure cultural reference. If we could live our lives backwards, everything would be an omen. Bailiff Jesse Thorne, please swear them in. Dave Morgan, please rise and raise your right hands. We swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help you, God or whatever. I do. I do. Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling, despite the fact that he's always eating Reese's Pieces? I don't Reese's Pieces for life. I do. I do. Judge Hodgman, you may proceed. This case is about Skittles. I don't think I've had a Skittle since 1985. Reese's Pieces, that's the one I want. 1985 was the great Skittles to Reese's transition in American Look, culture. The Skittles came into this country in 1982 from Great Britain. And I, you know, even though I don't have a sweet tooth, I have an alcohol molar. I was curious like anyone else. And I tried a Skittle. Not for me. Just sweet, not savory like a Reese's piece. You inject a Reese's pieces with some gin. You got something there. I'll follow that trail of breadcrumbs to my spaceship or whatever. Aliens probably hate Skittles. Aliens probably do hate Skittles. All right. Anyway, Dave and Morgan, please be seated for an immediate summary judgment in one of yours favors. Can either of you name the piece of culture that I referenced as I entered the courtroom? I'll give you the quote again since it's short. And it's very profound. If we could live our lives backwards, everything would be an omen. Uh, Dave, let's start with you. What's your guess? I mean, that that has to be John Steinbeck's The Grapes of Wrath, right? The Grapes of Wrath. Why Why? Why does that got to be The Grapes of Wrath? Out of well, curiosity? I mean, one, this uh, case is about Skittles. And as we all know, grape Skittles are a thing that exists. So yeah. therefore, and then of course, moving backwards, it just fits with the whole, whole narrative. The line. whole theme. Yeah. The whole theme. All right. Is that the Dust Bowl novel, Grapes of Wrath? Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, what do you think, Morgan? What's your guess? I have no idea. But the only thing that's coming to mind that has time, that has any themes with time is Doctor Who. So that's my, that's my thought. It's definitely not the answer, but it's the only thing I can think of. <laughs> Yeah, both interesting guesses, both of them all wrong. Indeed, I would say all guesses are wrong. Now, look, didn't either of you read a Wikipedia page about Skittles like I did five minutes ago? <laughs> I did it. I did it yesterday, actually. You think I've just been walking around with the, the knowledge like it's normal that Skittles got in trouble when they changed lime Skittles to green apple Skittles? And then in response, they released all lime Skittles? There's a whole, a whole other thing happened when they tried to honor Pride Month, and good for them, by saying um, <laughs> there's only one rainbow that deserves attention during Pride Month, and that is Pride. So we are taking the color out of our Skittles and making them all white. We were like, I, I don't think the words white and Pride and month should ever be together. Honestly, just sensorily, the idea of a bag of white Skittles seems terrifying to me. <laughs> It's like a stalk of celery after Banicula eats it. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Great writer's house client, uh, author of Banicula. Right. Yeah, exactly. And uh, do you think that I knew until literally this morning that there was a Skittles musical that was performed one time 
at the theater called the Town Hall in Manhattan in the theater district. It's not a Broadway house, but it might as well be. Starring Michael C. Hall, the actor for whom the Town Hall was named, I believe. (laughs) Seems right. The music was by Drew Gasparini. The book was by playwright Will Eno and Nathaniel Lawler, and the lyrics were by Nathaniel Lawler. It it premiered February the 3rd, 2019, as obviously a promotion for Skittles surrounding the Super Bowl. It was a 30-minute musical. And you haven't read about this, so this is a treat that you get to enjoy in the future, Dave and Morgan. But if you read this Wikipedia page, this is the most annoyingly meta-musical there is. The set is a recreation of the exterior of Town Hall, with audience members protesting a commercial musical for Skittles. It's like a snake eating its own tail if the snake was made of Skittles. I mean, anything that starts with the premise. The Super Bowl's in town. <laughs> let's do a, let's put on some musical theater for candy. <laughs> like they tried to book Michael Strahan and they ended up with Michael C. Hall. Yeah, we'll take any, we'll take any Michael, any acting Michael. And the one line that is quoted here is the only line that I could find from this musical. If we could live our lives backwards, everything would be an omen. I mean, it's a great line. Like, Will Eno is a good playwright. This is bananas. Bananas stuff. Dave, are there bananas Skittles? Not in the normal pack, but they do exist. There's a variety of flavors at this point. Well, okay, let's get into it. Who comes to my fake court seeking justice? I do. And that would be Dave. Dave, what is the nature of your complaint? Basically, the Porg is a dirty, rotten thief who stole all my red Skittles. The Borg? The Porg. The Porg? The Porg is what I call my my fellow litigant, Morgan. Morgan, who is your niece, correct? Who is my niece? All right. You can certainly use actual names. Okay. <laughs> There's no I mean, need to hide her The Porg is what I call her. Like yeah. that, that, You call her the Porg. She, her name is the Porg. He doesn't call me anything else. Other than the Porg. P-O-R-G. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the last time he called me Morgan was when I was really little. Um, it's been All the right. Porg for quite some time. Permission to call you the Porg? Sure. Very good. The Porg? <laughs> you have been accused of being a dirty, rotten thief. And I will complete the sentence by saying that Dave accuses you of eating all of his red Skittles that he had collected some almost 25 years ago or whatever. How do you respond? That that was 25 years ago or whatever. Um, and allegedly, I ate all of his red Skittles. Do you deny it, the Porg? I don't remember it. You don't remember eating the red Skittles? I don't remember eating the red Skittles. Morgan, I don't remember going to my aunt's NRDC company picnic and then coming back and saying I pooped on the beach like a dog. It doesn't mean that it didn't happen. That's fair. But I'm just saying, I don't remember. That's why I used the word allegedly. I'll admit, I may have eaten them. Um, I don't remember that. But I think it's time has passed. It was a small infraction. And we should move on. I see. The pork. Dave is your uncle, but I think he's like only about 10 years older than you. Can you explain this? Yeah. So uh, he's my mom's brother and he was the youngest of the siblings to be born or to be born. I don't know. Yeah. And then yeah. I... And to get then, around to being born. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then my mom uh, had me and we just happened to end up being about 10 years apart. Um, we definitely... F- function more as like we have more of like a sibling relationship um and we're super close so yeah he's always been really close in age he's always taught me like 
video games and like fun stuff and been way more fun than most uncles. Uh, definitely more like a sibling. Or simply like a funkle. Yeah, definitely a funkle. Definitely a funk. Super close, though, except for this point of contention. Right, Dave? Yeah. That, yeah, absolutely. I, as the pork stated, we are very close in age. We grew up in the same household for many of our raising years. Mm-hmm. Um, That's what and they're called. So the pork very much is like the little sibling I never had. My my wife, who is a human, whole human being in her old right, uh, refers to the pork as my nibbling. Right. That's a internet coinage for non-gendered niece or nephew term. But yeah, the pork has always been that close little nibbling to me and then to be betrayed by her just hits the heart in a place that i can't imagine tell me the story how old were you when you were collecting these skittles if the porg was five or six i would have been 15 or 16. okay Um, so this uh, is like prime years you're collecting skittles to impress girls exactly exactly like all 15 16 year old boys do um i had a three pound bag of skittles all um, right and I love red Skittles. And so mm-hmm. in my mind, I decided I'm going to meticulously eat none of the red Skittles out of this bag, pick them out, place them in a glass jar, um, and save them. That way, when I've finished the three-pound bag of grape, orange, yellow, and green, whether they're... Uh, green apple or lime, right. Yeah. When those are all gone, I will have this treasure trove of red Skittles. Every time I opened the door, I just heard the ah, uh, emanating from the jar. I just realized I have a question. Um, you work for Skittles or something, Dave? <laughs> How do we get tricked into doing a product show? <laughs> you work I, for Skittles, don't you? I do not. I do not. I, I'm actually a federal You're employee. You're in the packet of Big Skittle? You're a federal I, employee? Federal employee. I do government oversight work for uh, Veterans Affairs. I work for the Office of Inspector General. Okay. We're doing a Skittles show. I just realized it. I just realized it. I don't know why I got tricked into this. Maybe this is why I got tricked into it, because I'm curious. Because as I mentioned, I've I've never had a Skittle in a long, long, long time. They're just plain sugar, right? They don't have flavor, do they? No. They do have flavor. No. <laughs> okay, the pork. No, they don't. I'll allow that objection. <laughs> so Skittles, the company, if you look this up, okay. they don't actually have flavor. They only have smell. So essentially, like they scented the Skittles to trick you into believing that they have flavor. Now, you can argue the semantics of that all you want, right? But at the end of the day, they don't actually have a a flavor profile. They're not flavored. They just smell like each thing. So like red smells like strawberry and green smells like green apple. Green apple or lime. Or lime. Right. Yeah. So you're mm. saying that Skittles are essentially lip smackers? Is that how lip smackers? Yeah. I mean, I guess. I mean, I've eaten a lot of Have lip you eaten a lot of lip smackers? The <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're a sham entirely. They're just Wow. Yeah. Fighting words, Dave. Yeah. Hitting words. Let me ask you a question, uh the porg. You work for Whoppers or something? You <laughs> you the opposition? No, I. <laughs> you tell me you work for Whoppers. You win the case. Maltesers? Are you I don't. in the? Are, no, okay. no. I work for an EV charging company. It's not nearly as fun. Electric vehicle charging company. Yeah. Oh, cool. All right. I just want to make sure that there's no undisclosed bias here, no. or attempt to buzz market. Okay. I wish I worked for Willy Wonka, but I don't. So. 
That's why I have to ask these questions and do these background checks because candy is a mean business. If Skittles got Dexter to be a Skittles musical, who knows what length they'd go to to get onto our podcast. Think about these things. I should have been afraid. All right. So the pork says that they have no flavor. Dave, obviously flavor is subjective. And the truth is aroma is part of flavor. Judge Hodgman, I've done some exhaustive internet research over the past 120 seconds. Yes, sir. And uh, according to perhaps the greatest scientific uh, research organization in the world, todayshow.com, while there is a neuroscientist who conducted a non-peer-reviewed quick study where he put nose clips on people and had them tell whether they were eating the Skittle he told them they were eating. Mm Mm-hmm. And he determined that while they have different flavors, which is the sensation that we get by combining taste and smell, they had identical tastes. The Skittles Corporation, Skittles Incorporated, whatever the company is that makes Skittles, maintain uh, very clearly that each Skittles candy does have its own taste as well as its own flavor. Let me put it this way. Dave, have you ever done a blind taste test where you eat one Skittle and try to identify the flavor or taste? I did. I did. Uh, the Porg and her partner forced me into this to prove their point, in which they forced me to plug my nose and eat Skittles. I made the s- same contention that I can't tell the difference between bourbon and gin with my nose plugged because smell is such an important part of flavor. So I take you, you failed the test. I failed the test. Mm -hmm. But in general, you can tell the difference because you can both see and smell. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I would, I would contend even without my sight, I would be able to tell the difference. Right. Do you believe Dave when he says that with his nose unplugged, but his eyes closed, he could tell the difference between a red Skittle and a lime Skittle. And I remind you, you're, you're under fake oath. So even though you know you want, you want to answer as the annoying nibbling, I want you to be as honest as possible here. Yeah, no, I believe him. I, I did the blind taste test myself. Um, but yeah, so they don't have a sense of taste. But I also kind of lost the, the desire to pick different ones out understanding Mm. that they're all the same that's just kind of like i'm like why do you care if they're all the same they're they're basically just yeah right so let's take a quick recess and hear about this week's judge john hodgman sponsor we'll be back in just a moment on the judge john hodgman podcast hello i'm your judge john hodgman the judge john hodgman podcast is brought to you every week by you our members of course thank you so much for your support of this podcast and all of your favorite podcasts at MaximumFun.org. And they are all your favorites. If you want to join the many member supporters of this podcast and this network, boy, oh boy, that would be fantastic. Just go to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura. A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give your mom or your dad or your step-grandparent or your uncle or your friend or anyone that you want to keep connected in your life who might not live near you. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for, from family vacations to grandkids' graduation to whatever. I have one of these, and I got one for my dad, and I got one for my mother-in-law, and it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long, 
and we're able to easily update their Aura frames so they see all the latest pictures from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame. You can upload as many photos as you want and your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up, seriously. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist, and Wired Magazine. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babbel. Okay, it's 2024. Oh, if hindsight were 2020, I, I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. That's what you do. That's the way progress is made, step-by-step, day-by-day, bird-by-bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything, especially a new language with Babbel. And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in the rest of this whole year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts, real human beings to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. Studies from Michigan State University, Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. And that's not just the Yale football team putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babbel. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. Here's an interesting question, the Porg. If you hate Skittles so much, why did you eat all of Dave's Skittles? Because I was five. Ah, so you admit that you did it. If I did it, I was five. <laughs> I don't know. Like, <laughs> I was young and I didn't know. I didn't know any better. I liked sweet things because I was a five-year-old or six-year-old, uh, I guess. Uh -huh. So we, we can dispense with the pretense that this didn't happen. Yeah, no, I don't think that it, I don't know for sure that it didn't happen. I just don't know if it did happen. I realized on the car ride over here that for a very long time, my uncle has told me that this story happened and was very grandiose about how it happened, said all these different things. And then I realized that I never, like, tried to fact check. I never went to my family. I never was like, Mom, you know, did this happen? What was the grandiosity in his telling? Did it all, did he say it all happened on an enormous sweeping staircase no, or something? No, okay, so maybe grandiose isn't the right word. But it's, it's like, very, like, hyper, not, like, I don't know, like, very overblown. High emotion. Yeah, like, very big and very, like, this is a really big deal. Um, you know, Morgan's a thief and this was just in the car ride over here. Yeah. This is what I pondered on the car ride right. over. And and how how often does he bring it up? I would say almost every time we see each other. Like it it is so much more often than I feel like it needs to be. I like I let's say he and I see each other between five and ten times a year. It's happening right. between five and seven times a year that he brings it up, I would say. Dave, do you dispute that? No, that, that, that sounds accurate. So in their in your most grandiose style, <laughs> in 
explain, first of all, where you kept the Skittles, how many you estimated you had, how long it took you to collect them, and when you noticed that they were missing. Absolutely. So... Um, as I stated previously, it was a, originally a three-pound bag, so I had collected all of the red Skittles as I ate a handful at a time um, by placing them in a glass jar that was located on a large cabinet speaker mm -hmm. right next to my bedroom door. So within mm -hmm. my bedroom, like, like a jam jar, so a little okay, bit smaller than jar. a pickle jar. Right. And it, 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 it got pretty full. I'd say maybe, I mean, one-fifth of three pounds. I maths that. I don't know. Um, okay. All right. Yeah. So a good amount of Skittles. And I'd say it took me about a month to curate that collection. As you were working your way through this one three-pound bag. Correct. Correct. All so, right. yeah, just All taking right. a handful, maybe two at a time, picking out the reds, eating nothing but grapes, you know, purple, yellow, green, orange. Right. What What is red flavor, by the way? Supposedly cherry or something? I, supposedly, I believe it is strawberry. Strawberry, okay. And what was your plan for this jar full of red Skittles? The plan was to enjoy it all in one, um, not in one serving. That's, in that's one quite sick a... bacchanal. <laughs> 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 but just to enjoy nothing but red Skittles. I've always had a lifelong dream of opening up a a fruit-flavored treat and having nothing but the red ones. Um, you know, the, the, the grapes, the, the limes, the lemons, they're, they're just there for filler, right? Right. I mean, everybody always wants the red popsicle, the, the red Skittle, the red whatever it is. The red baron. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The lime baron was terrible. Like, we, you pull the lime baron, that's the worst. One of the worst barons. No one wanted to be shot down by the lime baron. That was just embarrassing. But I believe I discovered it when... I had actually finished the bag. So I had left the jar of Red Skittles unattended, um, went to school or whatever, knowing that when I came home, that jar of Red Skittles was going to be there. I was going to go up the stairs, open the door, and see that jar of Red Skittles just awaiting for me. So I opened the door, and I looked to the jar and saw not a jar of Red Skittles, but a jar of two red skittles mm. i like that five-year-old morgan left two for like plausible deniability like no no there's still skittles in there yeah see and this is one of the this is to me this was insult to injury not she didn't take all of the skittles she left me two you're welcome no, no you you miscounted previously there are two now as there were previously so I immediately was enraged in, a, in, a, in an enraged state, turned around, looking to the hallway area that was outside of my bedroom, and saw the Porg who just laughed. And so, of course, did you eat my Skittles? No. He, 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 he. The telltale of a five-year-old lying. Um, just red smeared across her face like a cosplay joker. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah, asking me if I wanted to see how she got these scars. Um, and then immediately called my mother, her mother, into the room, voicing a complaint that my roommate had stolen my Skittles. And then, as punishment, my sister told the Porg that she had to apologize to me. And so I got a, I'm sorry. Was it an I'm sorry? It was like, 
I'm sorry. It was the latter. Um, she was not sorry. Was her mouth like the brightest red? Did you have physical evidence? I did not have physical evidence. I, I don't. I believe she had done it earlier. After the initial denial, once she had been caught, there had there was never a denial beyond that. I see. So let me get this straight. You came home. There are two skittles left. You go out into the hallway. The porg is laughing at you. You take that as a tacit admission of guilt. You accuse her of eating the skittles. She says, "No, I didn't." You t- you then you narc to your mom or hers. Both. Both moms. Both moms. Double narc. Yeah. One of them uh, compels an apology from her, which you take to be as tacit admission that she that she did it. She did it. Right. When she denied doing it, she was like, wasn't me? Or did yeah. she come up with an alternate series of facts? No, there was no alternate series of facts. It was just, no, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, like, couldn't even, couldn't even finish the it was Couldn't even finish, I know, right? Wonder she had any, was even able to separate her jaw given the amount of sugar that had just compounded between her molars. You're saying you caught her on the counter. She said it wasn't me. You saw her eating Skittles on the sofa. She said it wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. She said she ate them in the shower. It wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, one-fifth of... Three pounds of Skittles is roughly, uh, it's 9.6 ounces. Let's say that that's 10. Each Skittle weighs 0.11 ounces. So that means you could collect it in that jar, roughly speaking, 90.90909090909090 repeated Skittles, red Skittles, about Mm -hmm. 91 red Skittles which is about twice as much as a standard bag of Skittles, all red. A standard 2.17-ounce bag of Skittles contains an average of 56 pieces of candy, those candies being Skittles. Boy, I mean, for someone who loves red candy so much, just thinking about this must make you so excited. Oh, man. I mean, the, the joy I was expecting... When did you I, even know that you had gotten two bags worth of Skittles until I did that math? I thought... I always assumed it was one bag. Yeah. Even more of that went down the drain of the Porg's digestive system yeah was this uncharacteristic or was this characteristic of her behavior towards you this was fairly uncharacteristic generally speaking we got along really well the pork and i are closer in age than her mother and i Mm -hmm. the pork and i really i've already done enough math for one yeah yeah (laughs) i don't need any more logic puzzles (laughs) <laughs> and how did it affect your relationship after the betrayal? Was there a cooling of of relations? There was a cooling initially. Um, I certainly did not trust her initially. I, I believe I even requested a lock be added to my bedroom door because of the incident. <laughs> Eventually, the Porg and I did become besties again. But of course, uh, one of our family traditions is stories never die. They just keep being retold and retold over and sure. over again. Sure. Grudges. Yeah. One of the family traditions is is drubbing up old grudges. I wouldn't even say it's drubbing up grudges. It's getting a laugh, perhaps at the expense of somebody else in the family done with love. Who's bringing up this story? You. Oh, I bring, I'm the one who brings up the story. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You're trying to get uh, family yucks by telling the story over and over again that the porg is a thief. Yeah. Trying to get attention. That's accurate. That's accurate. I do like me some attention. Is it successful? Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the story goes over really well. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to the Porg for a moment here. When we talk about the family, the Porg, what family are we talking about? What is the shape of this family? And what was the conditions in which you guys were living together with two moms, sisters? 
Yeah, so so we lived at the time, we lived with my grandma and grandpa, my mom, which is his sister, and my uncle. Him, right. 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 So what five four, five people? I don't know. Five people. Right. So and then now that we've grown, we like he and I both have partners. So it's um my aunt, his wife, and then my partner, and then my mom, my other aunt which is his other sister and then my grandma and I have a brother and then my other aunt has a son so it's like you know a little under 10 people I think but not all living together still in like Skittles Mansion or something no not all living together in Skittles Mansion but having an annual picnic on Angel Island in the San Francisco Bay (laughs) where everybody comes and says do you remember that time that you pooped on the beach and then said you pooped on the beach like a dog (laughs) We <laughs> we get together every holiday, almost. Like, there's very right. few holidays that we aren't together. So, and then we also, you know, have occasions every now and then where we'll get together for like a Dodger game or, you know, something else where we get together. And he tells the story with some frequency, not yeah. just to you, but to the whole family. Yeah. Do you think it's more important to him that you hear that you're a thief or that the family hears that, it's, that you're a thief and they all laugh? And pat him on the back and say, good story, all at your expense. I think whoever he can tell that I'm a thief, he thinks it's funny. Like, it's like it's as long as it's told in his perspective with love as a joke, then he's fine with whoever hears it. How do you feel about it when he's telling these stories and your family laughs at you? I'm just over it. Like, it's been going for so long. And right. my partner also thinks it's hilarious. My partner's on his side on this case, which is very annoying because he thinks it's also really funny, but he's only heard it like twice. So if he had heard it the amount of times that I've heard it over the course of my life, I'm sure he'd probably be like, this story's whatever also. So the whole thing's a lie. Your 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 betrayal at this point has cooled. You no longer feel it particularly keenly. You're only dredging this up in order to participate in the in the family tradition of telling jokes at each other's expense. At this stage of the game, the the porg is one of my closest not only family members but just one of my closest people in the world. I I care for the porg deeply. I hold no ill will towards the porg other than this is a great story that I love to tell. Um and I think it's a good enough part- it's obviously <laughs> I I took the bait. Here you are on the podcast. But it's not like there. there's not a lot of twist to it. The best part of the story is that this weird kid collected a, two <laughs> packs of all red Skittles. That's the story. Morgan, when I said, to, how does it make you feel when he tells this story? You said, I'm over it in a way that made me believe that you were born over it. <laughs> <laughs> like, certainly you never were really under it. If, if it happened and if you're being truthful, you have completely forgotten it. Yeah. You didn't seem to care one way or the other whether or not you got blamed for it or not. You you denied it, then you admitted it. You said you were sorry. Obviously, you weren't. Ha ha ha. He he he. Agent of chaos. Exactly correct for a younger niece or sibling. But surely now that you're an adult, hearing the story year after year after year, your funkle saying my friend and family member is unreliable and should not be trusted. That's got to take a toll, no? Yeah. Okay. So my mom always used to say, "There's truth in every joke." And so I think that's always kind of stuck with me, even though, like, I know he's joking and he's even, like, told me, like, hey, like, you know, like, this is a joke, right? There's still this, like, little part of me that's like, what if he actually, like, thought that at any point in time? Or, like, have I ever, other than that, given him any reason to make him think that? So, like, it's not 
that big of a deal. Like the you know hearing it over and over is that, but it does kind of subtly worry me a little bit that like there might be something there when it's told as often as it is and how often I hear like little teeny tiny jabs like what form would a little teeny tiny jab take kind of what I mentioned earlier so like the you know like oh well like she can't be trusted because she you know like like don't trust her around your food don't trust her around this um and it's usually like a food-based trust level he doesn't usually take it farther than that but it's like don't leave those around. You know what I mean? So it's like this like little subtle jab. Dave, do you acknowledge that she has not stolen any more of your precious red Skittles? I mean, we haven't lived together. Yeah, we have. We have not lived together in quite some time. My wife and I lived in Colorado and, and the Porg was going to move in with us. In fact, she did move in with us. And then right after her stuff all arrived, she met a boy and... Southern California and decided to stay in Southern California. And so I just had a, a room full of pork stuff for the time that we were in Colorado. Um, but And that giant glass carafe of red Skittles that you had collected in order to tempt an entrapper <laughs> was all for naught. Do, do you still like Skittles? Skittles are a little on the sweet side for me now. Um, uh -huh. I, I enjoy them on occasion, you know, generally in the uh, fun size packet like you get at Halloween. But If they came out with an oops all red bag, would you get it? and Would you enjoy it? Absolutely, I would. In fact, uh, there is another candy that does that. Um, they came out with an all reds and pinks. And it was actually the Porg who first alerted me to said candy coming out. Why didn't you say the name of the candy unless you are actually a Cause, shill Because they're Skittles. the opposition to, to, <laughs> to Skittles. And I would blow my cover if I said Starburst. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Got it. Did you ever bother to collect the red Skittles again? No, my, my dreams were dashed. Uh, now, I will say... What do you uh, mean your dreams were dashed? How long did it take you to fill up this jar of red Skittles? Like a month. Yeah. There are, how many months have you been alive? There are 12 months Far in your 15 year, 15th year alone. We've already established we're not doing any more math. <laughs> Don't you dare. I'm just wondering how important to you it really was if you didn't even bother to recreate the red Skittles jar or even go bigger. And put it in a, a vault. It was recreated for me. Uh, when I was dating my wife, she, act, she having heard the story, because of course she did, um, she recreated the jar of red Skittles for me and gave it to me, at, I think, at a one-year anniversary. At your wedding? <laughs> and on the, at the altar? Prior to the wedding. But it, it's definitely one of the reasons I married her, for sure. Right. That's very adorable of your wife to do that. I thought so as well. But seriously, is Morgan unreliable? Yes or no? No. Morgan is incredibly reliable. Right. Does she steal food off of people's plates or whatever it is that you're accusing her of? She does, but it's but I do too. Like we share food. That that that's perfectly acceptable. Like, ooh, what is that? Share is different than steal. Well, I mean, we take without asking. Okay, steal. Yeah. All right. I'll make a note of something here. Yeah, it should be noted that Dave takes food off my plate very regularly. If there is he also strategically plans his meals to make sure that you get something different than what he gets. So that way, you know that he's going to take something off of yours that he wants wow. to try. Okay. Yeah. Like what? what? What is he stealing from your plate? What's he going for? Uh, so like, let's say like if I got the chicken tenders, he would yeah. get the hamburger so he could take a piece of my chicken tenders and make sure he got to, he got to try them. He wouldn't even have the decency to eat one tender. He'd be... He'd be grubbing into your tenders, <laughs> tearing them into pieces. He might use a he might use a fork. He would he wouldn't just like manhandle the chicken tenders. I would only take part of a tender if she didn't get that many. 
Like if it's if she if she got fifty tenders, I'm t- I'm taking attendee. Like that that's that. But if she got five, right? You're saying you if she gets five or three or whatever, you only want a bite, and hygienically, you're going to break that off with a fork. Exactly. Right. And obviously, you're going to ask her before you do this. Mm. I mean, there there's an implied. Uh, it, uh-huh. Again, she's getting right. part. She's getting some all of my right, mo- food too. All, all right, Dave. He took care of her stuff in Colorado. That's true. Did you eat any of the tenders that she sent from Southern California to Colorado for her room? <laughs> yeah, her storage tenders. I mean, they would have gone bad if I didn't. Yeah, that's a fair point. Do you steal food from his plate, Morgan? No, I ask. I don't steal food from anybody's plate. I don't steal food from people. Well, I do steal food from Steve's plate, my partner. But he yeah. he knows that's coming. So let the record reflect that Dave has offered a forty-five degree head tilt to indicate. <laughs> eh. I mean, it's really important to your case that you present yourself as reliable and and, and non-deceitful. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you again, aside from your partner, because Dave is showing a tilt of the head that suggests that you're not telling the truth. Now, this could be him laying another bad accusation at you. I want you to answer truthfully. Yeah. Do you take food from your family members' plates without asking? Not unless they've stated it's okay to do so or it's been implied that we are sharing plates. Okay. And Dave is now nodding. I, I would agree because anybody who eats with me, especially within family, knows that that is always implied reality. Because <laughs> that supports <laughs> your point of view. Does Dave do anything wrong that you don't also do with regard to taking food off plates? Does that make any sense? Yeah, no, it does. I'm trying to think. I don't think so. So you do, the, it's the same deal. You'll, will you take a bite of his chicken tendy? Maybe, if I wanted it. I don't know. Sometimes, right. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like All sometimes right. it's like this, like, he always sets the precedent that we must share food. Like, that's just how it is. And so, right. like, it's just. Okay. It, it, All right. There at the beginning of the conversation. <laughs> Morgan, has any of this brought up details of the day that the Skittles went missing? No. I yeah. mean, literally, you have no memory at all. Even I, a false memory that he's implanted into your consciousness by telling the story over and over again. Nothing. Yeah. The interesting thing about the story is, first of all, it started off as a two-pound bag. The cup type has changed. It wasn't always a jar. Sometimes it's been a cup. I thought for a period of time it was a red Solo cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The location of the jar or cup has been changed because I know for a fact it was right by the door because that's how I saw it and I clocked it. Um, but at one point, I think he said it was like up on a shelf. Um, for the holiday season. Yeah. Just show, to show it off. But I do remember, I very vividly, so this is why like, I think it could be true. I very vividly remember the two Skittles. And I don't know if he showed it to me and was like, did you eat this? Or if I ate them and looked at it, it was like, ha ha, this is funny. I don't know. Mm. I do think it should be noted we also had two dogs at the time. So things going missing right. or somebody helping me. like What were your two dogs' names? M and M? Bart and Lucy were their names. Oh, that's yeah. cute names. Bart was named after Bart Simpson because that was like sure. David's favorite character growing up. And Lucy right. was named after Lisa Simpson? Uh, Peanuts. Linus and Lucy. Mm. Linus yeah. and Lucy. Got it. Yeah. So I feel like if I, if I did have help, that's who helped me. Because if I was that young, I like, I don't know. I, the idea of eating that many Skittles today gives me a stomachache just thinking about it. 
So, but I know when I was yeah. a kid, I had an iron stomach, so I could probably actually no, I didn't. I had a really bad tummy troubles when I was a kid, so I don't know. Do you think it's possible that eating half a pound of red skittles cured your colic? <laughs> I think, if anything, it contributed to it. You know that Skittles were originally invented in England as a patent medicine, Jesse. <laughs> they were originally called Skittles Nerve Tonics, and they were good for your thymus gland. They were good. They improved memory and skin tone, and uh, and they cured sciatica originally. I take them whenever I have the gripe. <laughs> yeah, totally. They're terrific for gout as well. <laughs> But only the purple ones for some reason, because they're very different. Each one is different. It cures something else. Purple are my favorite. Oh, by the way, this is a reminder. Don't take medical advice from our show. <laughs> Skittle, Skittles are candy. Uh, Skittles are not medicine. Don't take them. <laughs> How many podcasts do you think have to offer Skittles are not a medicine? <laughs> well, they look like little red pills, right? Little red pills. On some of these podcasts, they don't even bother saying that. Were you trying to get red-pilled before that was even a thing, Dave? <laughs> yeah, The Matrix had not come out yet. I, I, I was not going for the... You're saying uh, you invented the idea. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. right. Somebody owes me some money. Open your eyes and taste the rainbow. <laughs> All right, Dave. It says here that if I were to rule in your favor, you would want me to order the Porg to give you a heartfelt apology... And for the Porg to recreate the Red Skittle experiment, to do it all over again and give you the red ones. But important, importantly, she has to eat the non-Red Skittles. Uh, why is it important that she has to eat them? Because that was part, part of the betrayal was that I suffered through the non-Red Skittles with no Red Skittle to make that enjoyable. I see. Your favorite candy was also an existential punishment. Right. I understand. And also you offer you an extra regular-sized bag of Skittles? As interest. As interest, I see. Hmm. Even though your wife already did the red Skittle thing. Without assistance from the pork. Morgan, you would like me to rule that Dave never brings it up again and for him to stop smearing your name. Correct. I think I've heard everything I need to in order to make my decision. I'll be back in a moment with my verdict. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Dave, how do you feel about your chances? You know, I I, I have no idea. Uh, the judge is very hard to read. Um, I was very saddened to hear that the Porg thinks that there may be a kernel of truth in, in my accusations. I, I, I do want her to know that she is incredibly important to me, and I, I do not think she is a person of bad character. And perhaps I should uh, re-examine how frequently um, I, I tell the story so that she knows that she is cared for um, and that it is all done in loving jest. I find the judge very easy to read. I enjoyed Medallion Status, Vacation Land. I recommend them to our audience. Morgan, how do you feel? Um, good. I feel like I represented myself in the best way that I could. So whatever happens, it will be based on my character. Do you think Dave will ever treat you like a grown-up? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that he does a decent job of it today. So <laughs> <laughs> We'll see what Judge Hodgman has to say about all this when we come back in just a moment. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? 
Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Judge Hodgman, the Van Freaks Roadshow is hitting the road. That's right. We've been talking a lot about our shows in Europe, in Dublin and London. That's September 12th in Dublin, September 15th and 16th in London at King's Place. Yeah, that's right. Part of the London Podcast Festival. But Europe is not the last stop on the Van Freaks Roadshow Tour because we will be visiting the new world, America. That's absolutely right. Starting October 9th, we will be in a place I've never been to in my life, Kentucky, the Bluegrass State. Lexington, Kentucky specifically, going to that Lexington Opera House at the Lexington Center. We'll be bringing our opera voices. I'm a boy soprano and you're a basso profundo. It's going to be very exciting. We're also going to be at the Park West in Chicago, the Majestic Theater in Madison, Wisconsin. Jesse, you're going to be so excited to see this theater. It's a theater that literally turns a corner. The house turns a corner. I can't explain. Love it. Fitzgerald Theater, one of the most beautiful theaters I've ever performed in. Love it so much. St. Paul, Minnesota, the Paramount in Austin, Texas. Again, this is just hit after hit in terms of incredible theaters and incredible green rooms. Some of my favorite green rooms in the world are these theaters. Plus the Variety Playhouse where we slayed it in Atlanta. Oh, that was a fun show. Right before we had to hide out for a couple of years. The Carolina Theater, another beauty in Durham, North Carolina. The Paramount Theater in Charlottesville, Virginia. I've never been there before. I bet it's gorgeous. The Lincoln Theater in Washington, D.C. We've been there before. And of course, the wonderful State Theater in Portland, Maine. The Wilbur in Boston, Massachusetts. And then a huge old final show in Brooklyn at the Murmur Opera House in Williamsburg. Incredible venues, incredible shows, incredible surprise guests that we're lining up right now. We're going to be combining all of the litigious fun that you've come to know from Judge John Hodgman, plus songs, plus antiques, plus roadshows, plus vans. You're going to be, you're going to love it. And you ought to go over to the Van Freaks Roadshow website right now. Guess what it's called? VanFreaksRoadshow.com to get those tickets and to send in your disputes for all these places. First of all, I think our podcast is the only podcast I've ever been involved with where we get lots of letters from people who like the live shows even better than the studio shows. That's right. Uh, which thank you very much. Not only do you get to experience that live, but there's a lot of stuff 
that doesn't go on to the podcast because we want to keep it special for people who so buy a ticket and come to see us. special stuff. I'm going to yeah. sing two songs. Might get to see Judge Hodgman sing. We settle the disputes of the people in the audience. We uh, often do a little slideshow. We have a lot of fun. One very, very special, I dare say unique thing we do as a touring podcast, we stand up. We don't just... Yeah. <laughs> we actually do yeah, a show. We don't just yeah. sit behind a card table. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know. I mean, not that there's anything wrong with that. On Jordan Jesse Go, we sit behind a car. Yeah, table, no, not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying. On the Judge John Hodgman podcast, we stand up. That's right. We wear little outfits, we stand up, we walk around. We have special stools for the litig. It is a blast. It's a great time. We don't have an inflatable dinosaur like I saw one time on Radio Lab Live, but we haven't got that kind of budget. No, no, no inflatables. Maybe, maybe if everybody comes to the show next time around, we'll have that kind of budget. We'll have dinosaur budget. Yeah. It's possible. Anyway, could happen. Come join us on the Van Freaks Roadshow, vanfreaksroadshow.com. That's vanfreaksroadshow.com. And if you've got a case in any of those places, we want to hear about it. Go to maximumfund.org slash JJHO and submit it. Let's get back to the case. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re enters the courtroom and presents his verdict. So one thing I have to circle back to is this contention you made, Dave, that uh, everyone loves the red Skittles or everyone loves red things. The Red Baron, Clifford the Big Red Dog. I mean, obviously, we don't like Clawford the Big Yellow Dog. I like Clawford. <laughs> Clawford's fine. But you offer this baseline presumption that everyone would love a red Solo cup full of red Skittles. And the truth is, people like what they like, and I'm not here to shame your kinks. Red Skittles do nothing for me. But now that I say it, a red Solo cup full of red Skittles sounds pretty hot. Next time you tell this made-up story that you clearly are changing the details on as time goes on, three-pound bag, two-pound bag, up on a shelf, up on a speaker, jar, red Solo cup, lock in on the red Solo cup, because that's a good part of the story. I think that's a really good detail. That really brings it home. But it makes me feel it more. You know what I mean? I, a person who does not like a Skittle to begin with, any color. I also like the part of the story where you're going upstairs, you're getting home from school, you cannot wait to see your red Solo cup of red Skittles. Because it's not in this moment just a story about your kink for red Skittles. It's also a story about your achievement and its loss. And then in order for this story to have a completion to it, because we already have the protagonist on his hero's journey to collect all red things, he accepts the call to adventure and to taste that rainbow, that rainbow of a single color. Achieves his goal, then has the achievement stolen from him. There has to be a thief. And you made the Porg the thief. And then the story ends. I mean, the, tr the truth is that it's, it's unsatisfying as a story because your accusation is made. She apologizes in the moment. No one sold a hank of hair to get a gold pocket watch to, you know, to buy a hairbrush for the hank of hair. Do you know what I mean? Like there's nothing, there's something missing to your tale. I'm glad your family enjoys it. But if there was some kind of twist. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. But you wanted to have more of a story. You wanted a story to tell and continue to tell and continue to tell. For that, you needed the Porg to be a villain for the rest of her life. And you created a character for her, which was she's a thief. And she's unreliable. And she steals food. Before you pull a moat out of out of Morgan's eye, check the chicken tender that's lodged in yours. <laughs>
<laughs> I think the Porg is one of these admirable people who lets these accusations of Skittle stealing roll off her back pretty easily. Like, I don't sense from you, Morgan, a real sense of aggrievement that Dave has been out there all this time calling you a liar and a thief. Now, Morgan, you're a cool character. The Porg is pretty cool, right, Dave? She's incredibly cool. Incredibly cool. But I think you don't deserve to have to shrug this off. Being called unreliable and a thief takes a toll, even if it's in the context of a family joke. There could have been a version of this where the Porg was delightfully evil. A version of the story where you caught her and you said, you ate my Skittles, didn't you? And she shook her head no vigorously and said, I know you did. And then she shrugged and then spat all the Skittles back into the red Solo cup. You know what I mean? This is, this is getting lively now. Now it's a, now we got a protagonist and an antagonist as opposed to just a useful patsy, a five-year-old. But absent having a real protagonist and a real antagonist and, uh, you know, a struggle for authority or whatever the story is going to be there, right? Your story basically redounds to this five-year-old ate my candy, which is fine. And then the fiction that Morgan is still a five-year-old on some level, that she's a mischievous thief and liar and unreliable person when she's an adult who you care about. That's the core of the story without anything else. And you haven't even offered any evidence that she was that person when she was five, under, other than the lone Skittles incident. I feel that you actually felt a keen sense of disappointment. I believe you, and I see you. When those red Skittles were taken from you, that's the hardest part of the story. That's the most meaningful part of the story. And it is fine for you to have told that story for as long as you had. I understand that you were wounded then. I would focus on that. It's not a grave offense that you've continued to tell this story, but now I think it is time to set it aside. I think it is unfair to the poor to continue to call her a liar and a thief, even in jest. And yet I will say that wound that you felt was real and it needs to be healed for once and for all. It is nice that your wife gave you a jar of red Skittles at the altar of your wedding, but it is, seems plausible and maybe even probable that the Porg did either eat or get rid of those Skittles and laughed at you. And the Porg has to make good. Morgan, I'm not going to ask you to eat four-fifths of a bag of Skittles in order to get the red ones. Thank you. We're not about torture here. Cruel and unusual punishment is not part of our, our game on the Judge John Hodgman show. But I do order you, however you do it, to get your hands... On 90.90909090909, repeating forever, all red Skittles, put them in a jar and deliver them to Dave and say, this makes it right. And then, I don't care, maybe, I don't know, bury the jar with a hatchet or something, <laughs> something symbolic, get him some chicken tenders. Uh, this is the sound of a gavel. Pork. 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 Judge John Hodgman rules. That is all. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Dave, how do you feel? You know, it, it's not that far off of what I was expecting. Um, so I, I'm feeling I'm feeling okay about it. I it just means that I've got to get a new story. Um, did I ever tell you guys the one about when the Porg and I went on I can't, a internet I can't, podcast? I can't. Morgan, how do you feel? Uh, good. This was the outcome that I wanted, more or less. 
I do have to figure out how to get my hands on 9.90909 or whatever the the ounceage of Skittles. So that'll be a fun adventure. I mean, have you thought about like the drugstore? (laughs) Not just the separating I'm not telling you how to live your life. I'm just saying. I got to figure out how to separate them out and then not waste the additional ones. So there's probably going to be candy dishes all over my house for a really long time of just Skittles with no red Skittles in them. (laughs) Morgan, Dave, thanks for joining us on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Happy to be here. Thank you. Another Judge John Hodgman case is in the books. We'll have swift justice in just a moment. First, our thanks to two Redditors, OK Professional 7569 and Jay of the Internet. They named this week's episode Case the Rainbow. Join the conversation at the Maximum Fun subreddit. That's at MaximumFun.reddit.com. That's where we have been asking for title suggestions. You can see evidence and photos from this show on our Instagram account at Instagram.com slash Judge John Hodgman. Plus dank memes sometimes. You know, sometimes we'll post some dank memes. Yeah, sometimes we have some really cool dank memes. We got to do something with a red Solo cup full of red Skittles. If you want to send us a dank meme, we'd love to get your dank memes. Post them on the Reddit. Send us dank memes at uh, Hodgman at MaximumFun.org. This is going to be great. All your memeage, all your memeage belong to us. Uh, let's see, what else? Oh, Judge John Hodgman, created by Jesse Thorne and Judge Hodgman. This episode engineered by Yvonne Rapin and John McDonald at Cinematic Arts and Sound in Oceanside, California. Marie Bardi runs our social media. Our producer is Jennifer Marmer. Now, Swift Justice, Michael says, I want the court to rule that my five-pound chihuahua is too small to be considered a dog. Any no-dogs-allowed signage couldn't possibly apply to him. Of all the ways that people are trying to sneak their dogs into places where there shouldn't be, particularly their small dogs, to say that's not a dog. It's extraordinary. That's the boldest and the most bald-faced of lies. The gall, the sheer gall. I hope you have a big enough gallbladder to handle all your gall, Michael. Yeah, no-dogs-allowed means your dog means your dog and your dog and your dog too. Train service dogs, obviously get in there, you dogs. But if it says no dogs allowed, that means your dog. Here's my suggestion for a for a little like a little test, a little mental test before you make the claim that your five pound chihuahua doesn't count as a dog. When you see that no dogs allowed sign, imagine if in there they would accept weird rats, weird enormous <laughs> rats, because that's what a five pound chihuahua is. I love my chihuahua. I love all chihuahuas. Yeah. But if you're claiming it's not a dog, it's definitely a weird five-pound rat. So, Right. That's the only other alternative. You're absolutely right, Jesse Thorne. I hope you enjoy your rat, Michael. Anyway, you can't bring a dog on an airplane unless it's a service dog. Can't bring a giant rat on an airplane unless Unless it's it's a a service service rat. rat. Uh, But we are headed on airplanes. We're about to travel the world. The whole world, well, a good portion of it to bring justice to Europe, the U.K., and a whole bunch of the USA, and we need your cases. Think of someone who is wrong and write to me at MaximumFun.org slash JJHO. And of course, let us know that you live in one of those places so that we know, so we can get you into the show and get you special privileges and get you on stage. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Disputes are the engine upon which Judge John Hodgman, both live and recorded, run. So uh, were you thinking, "Mm, I don't think my dispute with my niece over a jar of Skittles is going to make the grade. Oh, it makes the grade A+. Get all of your disputes on any subject over to us at MaximumFun.org slash J-J-H-O. 
Hey, John, before we go this week. Yeah. As we were recording this week's episode, like literally as we were in the studio, uh, I got a text from our former producer, Julia Smith, that said that Paul Rubens had passed away. And folks know Paul is a brilliant writer and actor, not least as Pee Wee Herman, his iconic character. And so, like, I... I have a lot of comedy heroes, certainly, yeah. as we all do. There's no, not a moment's doubt for me that my greatest comedy hero is and was Paul Rubens. Yeah. Pee Wee Herman is the thing that made me think that I would want to do this with my life. It's the thing that, like, defined my childhood that I have, I had no less love and appreciation for at any moment in my life. I used to, my parents had split custody, 55-45, and the 55 was with my mom, and it meant that every Friday night after school, I would go to my mom's house. And on Saturday mornings, she and I, my mom, a person who do, truly does not understand almost any of popular culture, would watch Pee Wee's Playhouse together. And uh, it, and there's nothing more special to me than that. And a few years ago, I got an email from my friend Nick White. And he was working at KCRW in, in Santa Monica at the time. And he said, you know, our program director had a meeting with Paul Rubens. He wants to make a show for KCRW. And I told him, the only person to produce it is you. And I had a meeting with the program director. He said, do you have any ideas for what the show could be? I did, and um, he brought it to the highest ups there. They said yes. And I brought in Julia Smith, who was the original producer of this show. Mm-hmm. And like, it's my job to meet celebrities an artist right. for Bullseye, right. right? Right. I will never forget the experience of sitting down in a diner across from Paul Rubens. And he could not have been more warm, welcoming, and kind to me. Yeah. And to work with him on something... I think will always be the highlight of my professional career. And the thing that I think about, if I think, gosh, maybe I should have just become a veterinarian or something, I'll think, you know, you got to make a radio show with Paul Rubens. And it was very difficult to make. Right. He, it was monumentally difficult to make because Paul it was extraordinarily protective of this character that had defined his life and legacy. Yeah. As he had earned the right to be. And he Paul didn't want to improvise at all and was just incredibly I mean it took us years to make that hour long right. show. Yeah. And there was not one moment in all of that hard work that I thought anything other than 
I can't believe that I get to make a radio show with Paul Rubens. And there was not one moment when I thought anything other than this is one of the kindest, most gracious geniuses I've ever had the chance to sit across a table from. And considering how hard it was to make this show, I think that's a pretty extraordinary achievement. <laughs> um, and, you know, Julia texted me while we were recording, as I said, and, and she said, I just, I just know that he had more art to make and more friends to make. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't think you could find someone who had a greater gift at either. And when I thought about it, like, the thing that I thought was, gosh, I guess I'm not going to get a text from Paul on my birthday anymore. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, uh, I just wanted to take this opportunity to thank him because um, I feel lucky not just to have worked with him, but to have been able to have his gift and his work um, touch my life in the ways that they did and the ways that they will continue to do. And so I hope everybody out there will go and, um, you know, watch Pee Wee's Big Adventure or show the yeah. playhouse to their kids or just take a moment to, to appreciate the, like, absolute singular genius of Paul and that character and what a jerk he is. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, yeah, but I'll just say this, that, you know, pe people would resonate with Pee Wee for a lot of different reasons. And, uh, but, you know, as an only child watching that weird only child living in that house. I was like, I, I, I get this guy. I get this guy really good. <laughs> I understand the selfishness. I understand it. I am a loner, Dottie. I'm a rebel. There, I, the first thing I said when I found out that he had passed, and he passed... Apparently, after struggling with cancer, that's what's been reported, and um, I don't know anymore. Only that I'm glad to, you know, is, any age would be too young, but I hope that he passed on his own terms as best as possible for him. Um, but I didn't know about it until you told me right after we finished recording with the litigants, and the first thing I said was, thank you for not telling me, because I don't know that I would have been able to uh, do it. You know, you were you were heroically dealing with those emotions because not only your idol, but your friend passed away, and I knew that too. And while I met him in passing one time, in, in, in an act of sheer kindness on his part, which is very common, um, I didn't have the relationship that you had with him. But of course, I like everyone else um, loved him, and quite rightly. I mean, not only was he really, really, really funny, but he was. A, a heroic when you think about what people saw in Pee Wee Herman right 
obviously weird only children saw a weird only child, but Pee Wee represented such an alternate and completely unapologetic way of being in the world that I know was very disruptive to the male MTV culture of the 1980s. You know, this the, the cis male MTV culture of the 1980s. And, and he triumphed in showing kids other ways to be, not just in himself, but when you look at who he put on Pee Wee's Playhouse, you know, the backgrounds and the, the way people looked on that show, you think about how many kids looked at that show in the 1980s, never seeing anything like themselves. And I'm not just talking about, you know, race, ethnic background, whatever. I'm also just talking about straight up weirdness. Yeah. Like, like we, weird kids didn't have a lot in mainstream culture to look at and feel like, oh, I am completely, I do not listen to Van Halen and everyone at my school bullies me, but I feel like I belong there. Never mind the fact that he could pivot perfectly between the downtown subversive arts scene to mainstream culture, right? And bring people along with him. Phil Hartman, you know, was in the original Pee Wee's stage show, along with countless other, like the, when I discovered that the set design on Pee Wee's Playhouse was by Gary Panter, the freaking visionary cartoonist and visual artist, like what... What he curated in that show and all of his work for the world to see was a completely different way to be alive and be happy. And it was just so meaningful, you know, and also obviously cross-generational because that was, along with the Muppet movie, Pee-wee's Big Adventure was one of the movies that I and my kids equally adored. And we can still like just laugh if we just look at each other and I'm gonna see. I'm gonna see. We're all gonna be together because they're out in the world. They're adults, basically now. They, they are actually. But like when I see them all together this weekend, I know that I can just look at our daughter or our son and just be like, "I say we let them go." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just. I. 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 I'm jealous that you get to miss him personally. Because that means that you actually got to be with him, but I think we would miss him. We miss him really terribly, and it, it's only been an hour since we found out. And um, I just, you know, thank you, thank yeah. you, Pee Wee. Thanks. They, you know, when we made the radio show, yeah, which by the way is on KCRW.com. You can listen to it if you want to. We booked Charo to be the guest, which sure we couldn't believe we got. Like we're like we 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 have this long list of like Jack White made an appearance on the show, but I, I, I couldn't believe that we got Charo and sure. Charo came in and, you know, Charo is, is Spanish and has a, a grand accent. Right. Central to her art is her, her brilliant guitar playing and, and her cartoonish persona. And also she says, coochie, coochie. Yep. And she, uh, she came in just in a flurry as you would, as you would hope. And, she gave Paul a big hug and she said, uh, I love to see you, Pee-wee. And then she turned to me and she says, his name, it is not Pee-wee, but I call him that. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so thanks, Pee-wee. Yeah. Uh, and thanks, Paul. 
of both of you completely changed my life. So yeah, thank thanks so much. All right, and thank okay. you, everyone. Yeah, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you next time on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Maximum Fun, a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows, supported directly by you.